Welcome to the cinematic adventures of JP and Future Man. I am from the future and I'm here Indeed. talking to the past with JP. Or, you know, the present. I consider it the present, but hi! <laughs> hi. <laughs> uh, so we changed our format a little bit. Uh, instead of doing the same thing every week, we've decided to go in monthly cycle. Um, and where one week, this week specifically, since I apparently haven't seen any movies ever. You've seen like 10 in the history of cinema. I've seen 10 mainstream ones and the rest of them are like obscure, uh, low budget ones from Japan. Um, Exactly. Yeah, so I haven't seen any mainstream ones. So uh, Jackie has decided to give me homework. Indeed. Uh, And you have decided to selectively listen. Yeah, I will. Try and get to as many as I can. <laughs> uh, so uh, we're doing that, and then we're all, after that we are going to talk about Joker. Okie dokie. Okay, so first of all, let's talk about my homework. Indeed. Okay, so you picked three movies for me to watch, so I'm going to go for in order of um, the one I like the least to the one I like the most. Okay, to clarify, I did not pick three movies. I picked like nine movies narrowed it down to five and you saw three of the five look i treat this the way i treat all my homework minimal effort (laughs) it's like a reverse deadpool Uh (laughs) um well the thing is that two of these were on streaming and one of them i had to rent and i had one week to do it uh after this i'll have an entire month to cover it all fair enough okay so first of all let's go for sign indeed um why did you pick Signs? Uh, it was it was one of a long list of thrillers that I wanted you to see. Because um, I was thinking of, you know, this is October. So I didn't want to go full on horror because we're doing a couple of movies. Like we're doing some things with that later in the podcast. Um, later this month, we're doing like a vampire list. So I stayed away from vampire movies. Um, we're doing like favorite horror. And I was like, okay, I want you to see movies this month that are like thrillers that I wouldn't be, that wouldn't be on the list for any of the movies later. And so I just came up with a list of like, like nine or 10 movies immediately. And the ones, there was one that I wanted you to see, but I was like, well, it's not really, it's, it's not that great. It's called the sin eater. Um, it had Heath Ledger and my favorite German actor, Benno Furman. I tried uh, to track that down, but it's on DVD. It's very difficult to yeah, even like I knew it would be even in the US it's difficult to find. Mm. So I was like, eh. So I kinda took that one off the list. But I wanted you to see it because it's like a cool, like to me it is like it's not that great a movie, but I liked it. It's a cool like psychological thriller. Um and then I thought of things like stigmata, but I was like, nah, that's kinda cheesy. And then I was like, Well, science is kind of a psychological thriller. And I was like, okay. So I put that on the list. And when I gave you the list, I was like, okay, so see these three movies first. And I think it was Rosemary's Baby, Event Horizon, and Sphere. And you were like, and then, and then like other things on the list are like the others and blah, blah, blah. And you were like, okay, I'm going to watch Event Horizon. And you watched it immediately. And I was like, well, that was fast. And mm-hmm. then you were like, all right, next I'm going to watch Signs. And I was like, no, 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 watch Sphere. And you were like, 
okay, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> so, <laughs> I ran out of money and I would have had to rent it. So, <laughs> so I didn't do you're that. immediately like, no. And then, and then you're like, I'm going to watch Signs. And it, like nine times I told you, no, Signs is like the last movie on the list. Watch all these other, like watch Rosemary's <laughs> Baby. I want to watch Rosemary's Baby. Uh, but, well, I'll, yeah. but I'll watch, I, like, I'll watch that later. I was constantly like, every time you were like, Signs, I was like, no, watch this first. It's the signs. only one that was on streaming. And you were like, whatever, I'm watching Signs. And then immediately you were like, Signs sucked. Why did you it, tell me to watch Signs? It does suck. <laughs> <laughs> it's a terrible movie. Mainly it's the acting. Because like everything else works. The directing works. The, um, the cinematography is great. The story's interesting. But every time they're like, hey, there's a monster in my room. Can I have a glass of water? I'm like, you're not a human. <laughs> Really, the Emmys already won. I think that it was the opposite. You say that it's the acting. I think the acting is like that intentionally. If you notice, everyone was a bit more morose. I think that it was the directing. I think You're that because right. I'm not direct actors. He, yeah, I think he directed them to do that, and he wanted it to be a bit more stylized. So the thing about all of the movies that I suggested is that none of them are recent. No. So um, with that being case you have to realize like these movies came out decades ago so it was a different time frame in your head so it's not you can't look at these as a 2019 movie that won't work yeah because like i read horizon it doesn't pass the test it won't it won't stand as a 2019 movie but it was good back then well i um so with signs well m night Shyamalan has his reputation has gone down the toilet and he's slowly been ca- crawling himself back up to our gr- good graces with, um, with a few recent ones. And then he immediately blew all that with glass. Um, <laughs> but he is an interesting director. But the way he directs people, it works sometimes with Sixth Sense, which is mm-hmm. my favorite horror movie. And the rest of it is just like, it's it doesn't feel like he's directing people. It feels like he's a puppeteer directing puppets. And the only person whose acting performance he cares about is his own. <laughs> well, he's only in the movie for like three minutes. Mm. So, and I do like the fact that he gave himself the role of the killer. <laughs> it's pretty good. Like, it was, he didn't do it intentionally. It was an accident. I mean, spoilers for signs, but I feel like any movie that's been out past five years, if you haven't seen it, you're not going to. Well, so. I feel like uh, everyone should know that we're just going to spoil this because I don't care because we've already <laughs> covered this. And as Jackie has said, everyone has seen these movies except for me. Pretty much. Yeah. Um, I um, like the way the signs work and how there's a religious uh, versus science thing going on. Yeah, I didn't like that part. Well, I, um, like, I, I don't, I like prefer when they blend it, but the fact that there was one, I'm like, that's interesting. I like the fact that, um, I don't know, I just, I like the ending. I like the fact that there was a reason for everything. Because in life, there's almost never a val- the reason that you want. There may be a reason, but it's not the reason that you want. And it doesn't necessarily work out in your favor. But in this movie, everything was tied up in a nice little bow. Like, yeah, your mother died, but she was able to save you in the future from the past. Yes, their mother, his wife. Was it his wife? Or yeah. Okay, so this yeah. is his wife. And uh, she was killed by being split in half by a truck. And Yeah, he fell asleep while he was driving. And he accidentally, she was walking. Uh, she was going for a walk after dinner. And he accidentally ran into her. M. Night Shyamalan's character did. 
Yeah, that entire thing, I'm like, that's weird. But also, I saw that in another thing. Like, two things separate from this. Just two random things that I saw had someone be killed by a truck and then have be able to have their last words before dying. I'm like, that's yeah. oddly specific. Well, I mean, it, it makes sense, though, because the theory is that the truck is holding you together so that you, because like when the truck releases, your blood's just going to drain from your body because you're cut off. But the truck is keeping you, pin, like keeping you together so you don't die yet. That is horrendous. Yeah. That, that's yeah. not, that just doesn't seem pleasant at all. <laughs> um, no. Because no. the fucked up thing is like, unlike if you had been killed instantly, you know you're going to die. <laughs> Yeah, um, it's a very interesting, not interesting, but it's a very common so, uh, soap opera trope. I watch too many soap operas, but there's always a scene where they know they're going to die and they have their last words. And Working Phoenix is in this, by the way. I didn't know that. Um, yeah, he was an ex-baseball player. Swing is, away. <laughs> uh, this is his, not his best movie that I've seen this week. Um <laughs> But we'll get into that later. So, Signs, not very good. Has some good imagery, though. It, you know what it is? It's like, it's good, empty fun. I it's, suppose. It's not, like, this isn't an Oscar-worthy movie. No kidding. But you shouldn't have thought it was. <laughs> so, well, as long I, as you... I already knew that it had a bad reputation with the aliens being allergic to water, etc. And well, that's why I didn't watch it. Um, I didn't watch it because... Yeah, it was. It came bad. out. It came out in a different time because at the time this movie came out. Yeah, but at the time this movie, see, the culture has changed a lot in the last just few years. Because now you have to over-explain every single little thing, or people are like, nah, 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 nah. which I Back hate. Then, I hate. And then that people over-explain stuff. That's literally the exactly. worst part of any movie. It's like we can't just like the reason. One of my favorite movies is about time, and in that one, mm-hmm. they time travel, right? And do you know the explanation for time travel? It's my favorite explanation of any time travel. They don't give one? Absolutely fuck all. They're like, stand in the cupboard. It might work. (laughs) You stand in the cupboard, you hold your fists, and you think about where you want to be, and boom, you're there. And then later on, they're like, oh, yeah, sorry, you you can't do this because of reasons. Why? I don't know. It could be a genetic thing like (laughs) time travel's wife or a fucking wizard did it. Why? I don't know. (laughs) I love that. That's the best. <laughs> yeah, it's like super. Oh, we're gonna do about time soon, uh, but like, yeah, it's super sentimental. It's super British, and it doesn't give a shit. Um, <laughs> so, so I don't mind them not explaining why they're allergic, to, why they're not allergic to water. And it even makes sense that they wouldn't know that because they don't know what water is. I guess. Yeah. Well. Okay. So the the way the reason why the theory broke apart is because there's water in our atmosphere, and the oh, world yeah. is. 75% water. Well, the so world isn't 75% water. The, the world is like 0.01% water, but 75% of the surface is water. So if you're an so alien, you so if you're an alien, the standing surface, the planet, you can't go into the rest of the planet. We're only, we can only access the surface, obviously. See, you're the people that those movies are made for. <laughs> See, that is exactly the point. You Look, knew I was talking about the surface. We can't go to the middle. Well, yes, I, I think that an easy explanation is that the aliens scan the whole planet and they're like, well, there's 0.01% or whatever. I don't, I don't know math. I'm not a scientist. Um, that 
makes sense, I guess. Why are they naked? No, because if they could do that, if they could scan the the mineral composition of the entire planet, then they would be they would pay attention, obviously, to the surface, which is the only area that you can live on. That's a good point. That's right. This movie is dumb. <laughs> um, I really like the imagery and. Um, my, one of my favorite critics is Chris Stuckman, and uh, this is the movie that got him into loving film. So there's that. Indeed. So, you know, if that's something you care about, this movie did that. Let's talk about something interesting. I want to talk about Event Horizon. Okie dokie. Horror movie in space uh, reminds mm-hmm. me a lot of Alien and uh, the less interesting parts of The Matrix. How did it remind you of The Matrix? Um, when they were on that ship and uh, flying around with uh, against robots. Basically, anything that happened outside of the Matrix, I'm like, cool. Okay, hang on. Signs is more mainstream, so most people have heard of that. Perhaps we should give a quick synopsis of Event Horizon. Okay, sure. So, Event Horizon, have you seen Alien? Event Horizon is Alien. <laughs> um, okay. so Not quite. How about this? Event Horizon okay. is the name of a ship that was sent out so it's supposed to be far in the future which at the time it was far in the future now it's like oh, 10, 50, it's hilariously now. close <laughs> yeah it's like it's like 2040 or something 20, um, okay i have the actual synopsis so okay. um in 2047 which is hilariously close uh, a group of as- of uh, astronauts are sent to investigate a salvage and salvage the starship event horizon which by the way ominous name Assuming that that yes. name already existed, you're like, well, something fuck's going to go down there. Um, <laughs> I think Event Horizon is actually a scientific term. Uh-huh. I may be wrong, but I think it's the, it's the point of no return for a black hole. Well, in that case, they definitely are just dealing with fate. I'd call, it's like calling um, the Star Wars evil ship the Death Star, and no one reali- on there realizing that they might be the bad guys. <laughs> It's like, yeah. are we the bad guys? I don't know. Well, well, there's, we'll get into that more because there's a lot more of that where I'm like, because I rewatched it like right before talking, right before calling this, and I was like, okay, these guys are scientists. Like, I know the information they're asking questions about. Yeah, <laughs> this has a very we need to explain this to the dumb audience vibe. Right. Um, okay, so continue with the synopsis. Uh, so the crew disappeared seven years ago in 2040. Um, and they are investigating that, and then, uh, then everyone's like, "Well, this is fucked." Uh, and then the uh, the demons from another dimension are like, "Is it? Wait, is this an official synopsis?" Because no, this sounds I, I very normal. Okay. Um, so then, so it's, it's terrifying stuff. So, okay, so the the basic synopsis is that they're investigating the event horizon, and some shit goes down. There's yes. demons from another t- from another dimension. Uh, there's some bullshit with time, and then they take over. This feels very edited. <laughs> it, um, it feels like they started with like a three hour cut, and they're like, "We need to get this down to like a PG rating or PG thirteen, whatever." Yeah, it, it does have a lot of scenes where you're like, "Damn, mm. isn't it R rated? Is it R rated? I don't know." I don't know, cause it, cause there's it's some scenes. It's here. Oh well, you're Australian. You're that's not a real rating. Oh, um, true. <laughs> hang on, I think it's rated R here. It has I a lot just watched of it. Burn in it. It does. Uh, it has a lot of 
characters in it, actually. Um, but the, the Matrix did, parallels were like he's he's Lawrence Fishburne and he's piloting a ship that looks exactly like the Nebuchadnezzar. Is is that the name of the ship? The Nebuchadnezzar is the name of the ship in the Matrix, but it doesn't look the Event Horizon doesn't look like the Nebuchadnezzar. No, but like I I just saw more parallels. It was very funny. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, the Event Horizon in the U.S. is rated R. Oh. Interesting that it's rated R, but feels like it was edited down. Well, they're still so the way they got away with it because even like even that being rated R, it was still there were some images that are like, hey man. Um, but I think they got away with it because they were just flashes. They didn't stay on anything for too long. It was just like you instantly saw some crazy shit, and the, by the time your brain recognized what your eyes had scanned. It was all, you were already seeing something else. And the next thing you know, it was like over. And you're like, what the fuck? Like, that was, was kind of crazy. And they did that like nine times. That's the crazy thing. I appreciate that the only person that wanted to stay on the event horizon was the one that was possessed by alien demons. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> See, oh, you want to stay th- here? You're clearly insane. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, to me, the question is, but I, I, I like how it ends the way it began. So yeah. now he's possessed. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that's the question to me, which is, what was it? Because like when they scanned the ship, they were like, there's life all over the ship, but there's no living person. And then, you know, it goes into, it goes to, okay, so according to the synopsis I have, it says it goes into a black hole, it disappeared into a black hole. But I'm like, okay, was that a black hole? Or wasn't that just a wormhole? Because the way he explained it, basically, the ship can create a wormhole and go through. That's not a black hole. That's a different situation. Yeah. So whatever it went into, it went into like a hell dimension and something came back. You don't want to go into anything known as a hell dimension. Everybody. Just out of out of the movie, just as a personal life advice to everyone listening. If you're going to something named hell, uh, stay away. <laughs> it's named up for a reason. You're fucked. Yeah, that's yeah. I don't like the fact that no one knew what the mission was. It's like, well, this is a top secret mission. That I understand, because we see that in tons of movies. Like, even, um, I don't know if you've ever seen the show, uh, The Last Ship. That's how it starts. With, like, there's a ship on the ocean. They're doing their routine stuff. And then it's a, Na- a U.S. Navy ship. They're doing, like, re- routine exercises. And then they're told by higher-ups, hey, go pick up, go over to this place and go pick up this woman She's got a top secret mission and you're to escort her. And that's all they're given. Like, that is how intelligence works. The peons don't know what they're doing. They don't know why they're doing what they're doing. They're just doing what they're told. They don't seem and, like experts in much. Well, that, but that's, that's how the U.S. government works. That's how pretty much all, orga- all government organizations work. They're, when something's classified, nobody else is privileged to what they're doing or why. They're just told to do things. That's fair enough. Um, so that's why, like, that part didn't bother me because that actually, that part would be protocol. What did bother me was watching it again when he's explaining the black, or when he's explaining the, um, the wormhole, everybody, understand, these people, <coughs> excuse me, the people on this ship mm-hmm. are scientists. They're astronauts. They're future astronauts, which means they should know more than we do right now. And he's trying to explain a wormhole and they're going, do you speak English? Break it down. Dumb it down for me. And I'm like, okay. Yeah, that I guy specifically didn't feel like he belonged here. Yeah. And I and get dumbing it down for the audience because we're not scientists and we're dumbasses and part one of us was drunk at the time. Uh, <laughs> but 
at the same time, I like there, there's a. I think it's. I don't know what it's called. It's a time travel movie. Starts with P. I think it's um, Predestination. I think. I don't know. Uh, but they use scientific terms all the time, and they don't give a shit about the audience understanding stuff. If you want to understand it, use Google. Um, but I like that. Yeah. But what this what this movie didn't have, which is what like stuff like Back to the Future had, was a guy who didn't know what the fuck was going on, and we believed it. Marty McFly is is explained how time travel works so that we know how time travel works. And it's a bullshit yeah, explanation, you know, but we know the mechanics. Yeah. You need an audience stand-in in movies like this, and the problem is, with everybody on the ship being an astronaut or a scientist in some kind of way, there is no audience stand-in. But there is a workaround, because... Um, uh, what's the movie with Matt Damon? Uh, the Martian. Yeah, the Martian. That was a perfect explanation. It dumbed it down for us, even though you're dealing with scientists and astronauts. Yeah, because he's, he's keeping a photo, he's keeping a video log. And right, like, and he's giving the video log not to other scientists, but to everyday people. And so that made it work. It's like, okay, now I understand we're all on the same page. And I think that would have been better had, they, had, he, had maybe they done like, um, so video at that time, <laughs> there had already, yeah, video logs. At that time, there was uh, Real World, which was on, had it already been on TV. Mm-hmm. And in Real World, they, you know, they do the video logs, like where you talk to, you're talking to a camera, but you're intending to send this message to someone. So I think instead of having him constantly see images of his wife, if he had talked to her through the video log and explained the, she could have been the stand-in for the audience, dumb it down to her, it would have made more sense. That's, that's clever, but also the aliens are using her to manipulate him. Yes, but you could understand. That also gives you an extra element of um of empathy because in movies it's always show don't tell right Right. and in the beginning we're given an orgy of evidence of his relationship with his wife and i'm just gonna hang on i'm just gonna write down the term orgy of evidence because that is the greatest thing (laughs) you haven't heard that before (laughs) Uh, it's just so good every time it comes up okay um so i think it would have been better had it been like uh like an interstellar where, you know, you're just sitting in the thing looking at watching videos coming back. And then you're also, when you want to, when you want to send, you're sitting sending videos. But they, in that case, they couldn't really send anything because by the time it got back, they would be like 112. So, but they were able to receive them. So if it had been a situation like that, where he was watching video from his loved ones, and then he was sending a call, like sending his own information back to her, uh-huh. That I think would have landed more, and that would have been showing us that he cares for her rather than just like, look at all these images. He loves his wife. That will be important later. <laughs> and then we're like, was it though? And it would have come off as more organic, I think. Yeah, it, this movie isn't very organic, which is the main problem with it. I do like yeah. it though. I, I think it's really interesting. Uh, when it's doing all the science stuff. This is the exact plot of a Doctor Who episode. Uh, <laughs> literally, it's called the Satan's Pit, which is the, there's a ship that's uh, near a black hole that's on a planet that's circling a black hole and it's staying in a stable orbit. And everyone's like, that's weird. Um, but it turns out the devil lives there. And, oh. and his image okay. is, is like, Everyone has an image of the devil, and it turns out it's this fucker. 
and the Doctor destroys the devil because he's that cool. I feel like Doctor Who just watches sci-fi movies and goes, we can do a British version of that. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, they did James Bond with the third Doctor. They're like, what, what's cool now? James Bond? Cool. Let's do that. Let's make the Doctor James Bond. Can he do any action scenes or fighting? Well, no. But these fuckers are in rubber suits, so that's fine. <laughs> okay, then. Yeah, it's, All right. it, it's great fun. Um, Event Horizon is... Part of Event Horizon is the fact that... Uh-huh. It ends the exact way that it begins. It's very parallel. I like that. I like science. Yeah. So it's kind of, so when you think, so at the end when he's like, you're safe, you're safe, it's okay. No, you're not. <laughs> no, because it's all starting all over again. I don't like the fake out dreams. Um, you don't like it? I don't like the fake out dreams at, at the end because I get what I was trying to do, but it just feels like it's a cheap jump scare. Mm. Like they might not be able to escape, but then again, they blew it up, I think. Um, well, okay, so that's the thing. Yes, he blew it up, but remember, it was they created a wormhole which transcends time and space. So it just basically went through it. So it came back on the other side, so it wasn't blown up. Well, shit. Or it either that, or it actually did get blown up, but then it was sent through her. Like she got possessed before it left, before they left. So it's like in her the way, same way it was in Sam Neil. Yeah, Sam Neill. I've been trying to... I, I was like the guy from Jurassic Park the entire <laughs> yeah. time. The guy from Jurassic Park. Um, yeah, so this movie a lot of... It, at the time, they were like B-list... Well, they're, at the time, they were probably like C or D-list actors. And now they're all at least B-list actors. Like got, Jason um, Isaac, Neil, Lawrence Fishburne. Was Lawrence Fishburne famous before The Matrix? Or before that was he yeah. the guy from Event Horizon? So... Um, yes and no, in that he was he was known by certain people, but not others. So like he wasn't a household name, unless you're black, then you probably know. Fair enough. There's kind of like a two tier system. Like there there are black films where actors are in a lot of films. Like black people knew Samuel L. Jackson long before he was in Pulp Fiction, and um, so it was like. Oh, that's the guy who's in everything. Because to us, he's in every other movie. <laughs> so, um, so yeah. If you if you watch a lot of like indie films, then you would heard of him and you knew who he was. But by but like on the mainstream, probably not. You may have seen him, but he was just a character actor to you. He wasn't. You didn't know his name. He was in um, Apocalypse Now. Yeah, and again, people would have considered him just a character actor. Okay, so he's a character yeah, actor. He, actor. he was name. in a bunch of ones. He was in Apocalypse Now, The Color Purple. Um, let's see, A Nightmare on Elm Street 3. So yeah, character actor. Yeah, see, that's what I'm saying. Like, if you were, if you were just a, a regular film fan, you might have recognized his face but not remembered his name. But, like, I knew who he was. But I, there's nothing special about that. It's just because I also watch black movies and he was in a lot of those. So Fair enough. Yeah, it wasn't until The Matrix that he went, did way more mainstream ones. Yeah. Um, but that was Sam Jackson. He was in like nine movies a year, but they were all independent. Nobody knew who the hell he was until Pulp Fiction. And then everybody, then he was a household name. With the household name. But didn't stop doing indies, which I appreciate. He's like, yeah, I'll no, be in this. Can you give me 50 bucks and a cup of coffee, I'll be in your movie. Pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's why he does commercials now. There is no shame in his game. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You, you pay him enough, he'll do anything. He'll be on this podcast if we pay him enough. 
Okay, so next movie. The Others. The- I, I couldn't figure out why I liked The Others so much, and then I realized it was exactly like uh, The Sixth Sense. So yes, but we're, we're going to spoil it- the twist for The Others. Um, I knew the twist going in. Did you? No, because unlike some people, I don't wait two decades to watch a movie. I see it in <laughs> That's fair enough. Oh my God, it is two decades. It came out in 2001. Yeah. So yeah. So basically for horror movies specifically, it's not my real genre. So I have like, I have a, my best friend loves horror. So she got me into watching tons of horror movies from like 2000, when we met in 2012 to now. Uh, but Everything from like 2009 to 2000, fucked. I got like one a year. <laughs> okay. So with the others, um, I loved it. I thought that it was really, uh, I thought that the imagery was great. I thought that the twist, which is the fact that they're the ghosts, um, was fantastic. Um, I don't know when The Sixth Sense came out, but I feel like it's borrowing a lot from The Sixth Sense. Pretty sure the others came first. Okay. Um, but, it might not have, but they they would have come out like at least around the same time. So I think if the Sixth Sense came out before this, my guess is that they're like, is that the studio? Not that they ripped it off, but the studio was like, what scripts do we have that are like the Sixth Sense? The Sixth Sense came out before in 1999. Yeah, and this came out in 2001. They were probably both in production at the same time. That makes sense. You have something that's in production, and then another studio was like. What do we have that's like that, that we can make relatively quickly? <laughs> um, so even though it, is probably, it was probably made just to write off the coattails of The Sixth Sense, that doesn't matter. I don't care. It's just notable. Um, um, well, okay, so I don't, think, I don't think that's the case. I don't think it necessarily borrowed from or even was made on the coattails of The Sixth Sense. I think that what what tends to happen in Hollywood is there's an explosion of like an idea. So it's like somebody comes up with something and you see 10 movies all at the same time. Like perfect example, in the same year you had Batman v Superman and Captain America Civil War. Which and we know that DC was right was trying to catch up to um, Marvel. But right, DC to catch up to marvel all you know all together but i don't think they had a meeting of like marvel's putting out civil war we've got to do batman v superman and we have to have and and very specifically we have to have a a, the resolution be about their mother which was oddly specific right exactly but see that's exactly my point though you have like there are times when certain things crop up Mm-hmm. And I don't like sometimes it absolutely is the studio going, Hey, that worked, do it again. But when they all come out at the same time, usually it's more of a this is where the writers of that culture are. That's and there's true. a there's like a there's like a like a it's kind of like there's something in the water. It's like this is where this is the antenna that is this is what's coming through the antenna that the that the writers are getting. So this is the material that's being picked up on. And there's also the case of sometimes these things were written years in advance, but this is what the producers are deciding to, to green light. I think that's what I mean. I, I, what I meant when I said that was that this script was already written and then the producer right. said, well, six cents is coming out and that looks like it will make money or that has already made money. What can we, what do we currently have that's already been written that can be like that? Right. Um, yes. 
because originally when you said it, you made it sound like it was like, oh, we got to get something. And I'm like, that's way too soon for that's that to be my, written. That, that's my bad. What I meant was that uh, there's always similar scripts and what's popular now is what the producer is going to put into production. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's what I meant. Um, anyway, that, that aside, I like the others. Um, it's interesting. I thought that the, tw- I knew the twist going in. So this mm. is probably bullshit, but I thought that the twist that they were ghosts was really obvious. Well, again, you knew it going in. Yeah, but did you uh, know, when did, did you pick up on the twist? Because, like, they, they speak, uh, they're very old-fashioned. Uh, she, she talks about World War II a lot. Um, and I, I think that, I, I think that if I didn't know it going in, I would have guessed by the time her husband showed up. Um. I am not the good, uh, the right person to ask about like when did you know X was going to happen because this is what I do. I watch movies, so all movies are predictable to me. Even in the Joker, by the end of the first act, I knew how it was going to end. Well, That's- you all knew how it was going to end. We'll we'll get into that when we get into it. But with the others, no, I did. I predicted it, which is why at first. When I first saw the Joker, I was like, eh, that was too predictable. But then uh, more information came and we'll, we'll get into that. But yeah, yeah, I'm the type of person who, because I, I, do, I watch so many movies, mm-hmm. I know all the formulas. There's nothing new under the sun. So I'm not going for, like, I don't want my expectations necessarily to be subverted because... Oh my God, just I the, hate the, the, um, the word subverts expectations that that tagline i hate that because it's like we're going to annoy the shit out of you and the only thing exactly. we care about is that we you want predictable we're gonna make the last jedi it's, fuck you to me exactly to me the whole if you make a movie with the intention of subverting expectations then you are not so much worried about the content or the quality you are more searching for a gimmick yeah, I hate that. That's what I don't like. So I, I don't worry about trying to make somebody like me who can easily figure out most movies because it, there's nothing new under the sun. There's a three-act structure. We know how this is going to go. But it's not about that. I, why do I love movies? Because I love the story. I love the entertainment value. I know it's going to end the way that it's going to end, and I don't care. And if it doesn't end that way, hey, pleasant surprise. But don't have the intention of trying to subvert my expectations. Yeah, we want so- a superhero movie. If anything's formulaic, it's the superhero origin story. You know how Iron Man ends? The same way that every superhero origin story ends, with them becoming the superhero and beating up the bad guy. Oh, more than that, with them beating up the bad guy that is an identical evil copy. <laughs> oh yeah, that too. That, that's, that's a Marvel thing. It's, it's very yeah, yeah. I'm glad that they stopped that eventually. Eventually, yeah. Um, so with the others, they're ghosts. Nicole, uh, Nicole Kidman is fantastic in like this. Yeah, I, I really liked the acting in the others. It was very, because she totally sold it. Because you were like, for a minute, you were like, yeah, why is all this weird shit happening? <laughs> yeah. Um, and also, I she sold that they were from uh, the 1940s or 1912s the 1910s when um whichever war it was and also how fucked is it that that guy's still at war like you're a ghost retire (laughs) but it's i think it got into like the sixth sense territory of ghosts are ghosts because they don't know that they're not dead oh my god i mean they don't 
So I, they don't, so they're, they're, I the, the thing that I like about this movie is that I hope that they're happy. My God, I hope well, that I mean, they're happy. Did they, they, they live in a haunted, I mean, they are, they're haunting a house. <laughs> How are you yeah. happy? Want? Yeah. Well, throughout this entire movie, the ghosts are miserable. They're yeah, like, yeah, that's what everything they're sucks. Not. I don't know what's going on. I hate everyone. And you guys are weirdos. I like that twist that they put on that though, where like, her kids have some rare disease, so they can't go outside. And it explains why, um, A, they can't go outside. Yeah, and, the house. and B, um, I like the, f- it explains why she, <laughs> the, why she keeps t- turning down the curtains and why she keeps trying to put the curtains back up and stuff. And then yep. the seance at the end was really good. Um, and I like, and the other, the, their, um, Basically, their servants were like, yeah, we worked at this house and we're going to help you. That's fine. She doesn't talk because when she found out she was a ghost, she's like, fuck. (laughs) I really like that. I like that the fog cleared up. I guess that they're stuck at the house, but I I like that they're now there happy-ish because throughout this entire movie, being a ghost is just a miserable existence. Yes. Yeah. I mean, well, again, like to harken back to the sixth sense, he was miserable too. Oh yeah. Ghost's a miserable bastard. But that, that's the nature of being a ghost. Like the theory is that they're stuck between two planes. They haven't moved on, but they can't, like they can't move on, but they can't fully stay here. So that is, that's miserable. You can't, you can't actually interact or do anything on the physical plane, but you can't escape the physical plane. So yeah. That's that's pretty freaking miserable. I, I kept thinking of Beetlejuice. Beetlejuice? Yeah, because I was just like, if Beetlejuice was here, could fix this. You could Although, I have to give you credit, because I would have automatically assumed you hadn't seen Beetlejuice. I love Beetlejuice. <laughs> and that's a, good, uh, that's a good example of the fact that I do see movies. I just haven't seen every movie. Or many. I'm... So right. Neil just is one of the nine mainstream movies you've seen. Okay, good. <laughs> yeah, one of the nine. We can cover the rest. I liked the others a lot. Like a lot, a lot. I love the Babadook. It's an Austra- it's an Australian horror movie about depression and uh guilt and whatever other ba- it's a one about baggage and the Babadook. It's about is, grief. Yeah, it's about baggage, it's about guilt, grief. Uh, and everything, and the Babadook represents that, and the fact is that you can't overcome that, you cope with it, and that's that's the Babadook. I love the Babadook. I cannot believe that the Babadook became, like, a gay symbol. Like, why? Why? What the fuck, everyone? Wait, what? I know. I missed that. Okay, so the Babadook, for some reason, became a gay symbol, like, two years ago, and I uh... have no idea why. A gay symbol of what? I don't know. I think the reason is because uh, no, I know why. It's because someone photoshopped it on um, on Netflix under LGBT movie, or Netflix accidentally put it there. Either way, I'm pretty. I am 100 sure it's a joke. Okay. Um, yeah, because I don't get that at all. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't want. It. No, it's a symbol for grief and depression yeah. and baggage. It's terrible. Uh, anyway. <laughs> Bubba looks great. I love the others. Um, even the kid acting is pretty good. And you can be hit and miss with kid acting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
so the other movies that I wanted you to see were The Abyss and Sphere, which I really wanted you to see Sphere because I liked it so I'm, much. But I'm going to rent it. it. Um, I'm going to rent it and I'll get back to you on that one. Okay. And The Abyss is pretty cool too. The Abyss is definitely a slow burn. It is not like some action sci-fi thing. Um, it's pretty much like the Joker where like everything happens in the third act. <laughs> so it's like two acts of here's a character study and then the third act is like everything happens all right you want to get into joker let's get into joker Go for it. all right now that homework's done um oh by the way f- official ranking uh, i'm keeping mm-hmm. a list by the way of podcasts you give me for of ho- movies you give me for homework so signs um then is the, my least favorite event horizon and then the others okay okay that's the that's the official ranking so far. Um, each week, at the end of this podcast, give me some more uh, movies to watch, and I'll watch what I can. Well, I mean, you could just finish the list, which is The Abyss, Sphere, and Rosemary's Baby. I'll definitely see Rosemary's Baby and um, Sphere, and I'll see if I can find Abyss. But okay. yeah, I can probably finish that list. All right, so Joker. Indeed. So I saw Joker, and then I liked it, and then I saw <laughs> uh, King of Comedy, and I'm like. All the good things from Joker are just in this movie. Yeah, so the director, Todd Phillips, um, admitted that he loved, he loves Martin Scorsese and he watched King of Comedy growing up and he loved it and he admitted that this movie is his homage to King of Comedy and Taxi. I get that, right? Taxi Driver and King of Comedy big movies but this was so close to king comedy that i literally came out of joker going that's pretty great and then i'm like oh cool apparently it's similar to tax to um king comedy but it is so similar to king of comedy that it actually knocked down joker a bit (laughs) um i haven't seen king comedy so i can't speak on that but i do my experience of seeing the joker was the opposite of yours yeah when I first came out, I was like, I don't get why everybody loved it so much. It was okay. It was not bad. I didn't think it was a bad movie. Me neither. But I didn't have a good movie until I heard the, the chat on the internet. Like, I watched um, Film Theorist and Screen Rant got together uh, from Pitch Meetings. They got together and did a theory. <clears throat> and I also heard Jeremy Johns discuss theories that he heard on the internet. And most of the theories are crap. But there's one theory that actually makes me, after having seen it, it changed my idea. And I was like, oh, the movie's actually better. Well, for one, the, the movie's an Elseworlds story. So if you're worried about, this doesn't feel like the Joker, doesn't matter. It's an Elseworlds story. Who cares? Is um, it? They do is. That. First of all, hold up. Spoilers for the Joker from here on. Okay, so the they Joker, do, so they do the Batman origin thing, right? And... Yeah, see, that's why I gave the spoiler warning. Yeah, so they do the <laughs> Batman origin thing. Thomas Wayne is Donald Trump, uh, and they do no, the whole... No, no. Yes, not, yes, even yes. Close. not even close. He's a parallel. He's obviously a parallel. He says things that Donald Trump said, and like he's like, everyone in, uh, in the city is a fucking clown. And then he's like, I didn't say that. Fuck you. Uh, which I no, assume is every Donald Trump speech. Uh, and he's running for mayor. He's, he's clearly a parallel. Even if no. like it's not one hundred percent. No, I'm an American. No. Okay, <laughs> okay. fine. He's not even close to a parallel of Trump. If anything, he's closer to a parallel of Reagan. Okay. 
fine. But the point is that he's not a nice person. Okay, and that is not, it would not have been controversial in the 1980s. It would have been, but only to the extent that the movie made it. Like, the movie's fairly accurate with the, the climate of 80s U.S. Um, Gotham that, isn't a real city, but you can 80s? make... Is what? Does this take place in the 80s? I'm not sure of the time. It takes place in 1981. Okay. Um, and even though Gotham is not a real city, you could just replace it with New York. And it's pretty much, like, it's, it's the U.S., um, and in the the eighties were the beginning of what we have now, which is like ridiculous class disparity. Um, so if you were to take the wealth disparity that we have now and put it back in the eighties, you, you would have Gotham. You would have what this movie is. Okay. Um, that is the climate. You take today's wealth disparity and rewind it 30 years and that's what you have. And that's why I say he is not a Trumpian because Trump, he was very... He was very reserved for, um, like, compared to Trump. Because Trump will say anything and everything and then immediately turn around and say, I didn't say that fake news. This guy did not. He just said one thing, which is he called the people who, and if you think about it, like, he, he had a, a point because the guy was literally dressed in a clown makeup. So he didn't call him clowns, like, offhand. He didn't make that up. The guy was dressed as a clown. And for him to say, yeah, you're a clown if you believe that guy, if you're from his stature, he's right. Okay. So he didn't really say anything controversial if you put yourself in his shoes. Well, I guess. Well, the, the, one of the main things, the Not major thing. Even, even for himself. Like, he lies so much, he can't believe he said shit. But so he's not, so Bruce, or not Bruce, but um, Thomas Wayne's nowhere close to Trump. Thomas Wayne is closer to Ronald Reagan. Okay. And Mike. That's fair enough. But the, my main point, and I think that they said that there was some Trump parallels. I don't know. It doesn't matter. What matters is that Thomas Wayne in the comics built Gotham, and not built, but like tried to help Gotham. And that's a major inspiration for Bruce Wayne becoming uh, Batman. But right. what, what doesn't fit with that origin is that Gotham's a shithole. So it makes way more sense that uh, Thomas Wayne is just a business uh a businessman who is just doesn't give a shit well okay so again if you look at the movie you can see like they gave you a more gritty realistic version but is it, it realistic or is it anarchistic i, I don't know it just feels <laughs> no. immature no i'm talking about um the movie's portrayal of thomas wayne okay um <clears throat> if you look at it if you look at it like objective, or not objectively, but like if, if you look at it from the stance of going back and forth to each, each person's perspective, if you look at Thomas Wayne through the eyes of someone in Gotham during that climate, he was, it's he, what he did. Okay, so the, in the movie, there's a class warfare, right? There's the haves and the have nots. Most of Gotham is have nots. And Thomas Wayne's clearly a have. Right? right. If you were one of the haves, like Bruce is, you would see the narrative of Thomas Wayne is this excellent philanthropist, and he's just trying to help people, and these scum don't understand, and they're getting in the way of him helping him, of him helping them. That's okay. the narrative that you would have if you were in his class. Okay. Similarly, if you were on Joker's level, you would have not his narrative because he's deranged, but you would have a, the, the, stru- the mindset of 
they don't care about us. They're taking everything from us. They're getting rich off of our labor. And we're out here barely making, you know, making anything, really making ends meet. And when people get desperate, they turn to crime. So when you take things, when you, you take away opportunities for people, then they get more crime. Like this is exactly what happened to the Joker. You know, he got, they took away his access to medication. So he committed a crime and then he felt better. I think that's what the movie was going for. Um, So this is a pretty political movie. And it's amazing to me how people hated the Star Wars movies for me. They specifically the last Jedi or the last Jedi. Yeah. The last Jedi. They hated the politics in the last Jedi, but those very same people are watching Joker and going, Oh my gosh, it's amazing. I'm like, this was, this was so in your face. It literally threw something at you. So, so with that, (laughs) the reason that, the reason that the last Jedi people complain about last Jedi for being too political is because it had a girl in the starring role. And you can't have girls in the starring world because everyone's a sexist asshole. Fuck you. So, what matters is not that it's political. What matters is how it's done. And anyone so who says that what, The Last Jedi is too political is just an ass. So basically, what you're saying is, the reason this is okay is because it puts you in the, in the perspective of the white male. But exactly. When That's you why people weren't complaining about it being political. People are like, no, I can't do that. Yeah, exactly. It's garbage. Uh, and the only well, people complaining about The Last Jedi being too political were sexist assholes and racist. Um, interesting. I have, I, you have complaints about The Last Jedi that I don't, because I don't care about Star Wars that much. And right. I have complaints about this movie, which is the fact that it was done better in King of Comedy. And even though I haven't seen it, probably Taxi Driver. Have you seen Taxi Driver? Yeah, it's one of those movies where, like, if I've seen it, it was so long ago and I only saw it once. I think I have seen it but like 25, 30 years ago. And it was like, I was so young, I didn't really realize what I was seeing kind of a thing. Uh, yeah. So pretty but, sure, I, but it, I don't at all remember it. I'd have to watch it again. So, but I know I haven't seen King, uh, King of Clowns. King of Comedy is great, right? It is, it is basically the Joker's story uh, in this, okay. except that it has a better ending for uh, that particular guy. Instead of him getting killed, uh, the, the guy just gets arrested. Okay, so I want to talk about that because, like I said a minute ago, I did, about a third of the way into the movie, I knew how it was going to end, and I was oh, right. Oh, yeah, I knew that and, the joke was going to kill him because I've seen the killing joke. Right, it's, it is very much like the killing joke, but then it does, it's, so this movie is kind of like an amalgam of other sources, of yeah, the killing joke, of comedy. Yeah, and Taxi Driver. Yeah, the killing yeah. joke, Taxi Driver, King Comedy, those ones. Uh, and it's, I think it's, I don't know. I think that all the good stuff is part of, is from those sources, which is, I, I, I'm taking away credit from it. Should I? I don't actually know. Um, I don't know because I haven't seen, I've read The Killing Joke and, um, and I've seen the animated Killing Joke. Um, I can't remember Taxi Driver and I can't, I have never seen King of Comedy. So I can't say whether or not like well, I know it's an homage to it but I haven't seen it to say like no this is an homage this is a straight up one for one this uh, is, so I can't this is that. basically a one for one well at least in terms oh. of his character the the other stuff the stuff with Gotham um mm-hmm. the political that's, stuff that's outside of the Joker's character isn't in King Comedy but the Joker's character is from him uh living with his mother and pretending to be on live tv and forming connections with people who don't know him 
all that stuff is mm-hmm. the king of comedy. Yeah. Um, it's, then it sounds like it is kind of just an amalgam of other sources made to this yeah. one. Um, but the reason why I would say give it credit still is because it did it well. It put it together I, well. I guess. I'm going to give Joaquin Phoenix all the credit in the world because that performance was fucking phenomenal. He's a little crazy. He's, yeah. He's, he's not, he said that he not, researched his laugh by going for, to people, by researching people who had laughing conditions. And I'm like, yeah, it sounds like it. Yeah. Um, but in that, it does, it puts a twist on the Joker thing. So here's the thing. Mm-hmm. When I first left the theater, I was like, I, I felt very much like I did when I left Solo. I was like, it's a movie I didn't ask for, and it over-explained things, and it actually watered down the Joker. Because the, my favorite part about the Joker is that you don't know his backstory. He's chaos. You don't know where he comes from. He just kind of comes out of nowhere. And then Batman deals with them and he goes away for a little while. And the next thing you know, he's back. Well, and he's just kind of, he's, he's the fly in the ointment. He just ruins whatever plans you thought you had. And that's the interesting thing about the Joker. He's, yeah, he's chaotic. Um, like with the and Dark Knight. Backstory yeah. to me, like kind of ruined that a little bit. But then that's why I later liked it more because other people were like, yeah, but this was all in his head. And when I saw it from that perspective and you realize like he's a very unreliable sort, you know, an unreliable the unreliable source. narrator trope. Exactly. Like with so Forrest with Gump. Forrest Gump said. is also an unreliable narrator. What? Forrest Gump uses that trope. It's, he's an unreliable narrator because he could just be making all the stuff up to some guys on a bench. Right. That, well, that see, trope is that- really interesting. I don't believe it. Though. I think Forrest Gump is the reverse. I think people assume he's an unreliable narrator, but he's actually telling the truth. Yeah, I don't know. Um, the the only thing this, I do know is that this is the dumbest, the dumbest, even for a bit, even for for even though it wasn't real, the dumbest plot point in any superhero movie I've ever heard. Well, it's not a superhero movie. Whatever, in a comic book movie, in pretty much any movie, the fact that that for like twenty solid minutes there is a chance that he is related to Bruce Wayne. It's so oh. stupid. <laughs> it, it's He's just, it's so annoying. I hate yeah. it so much. And I'm glad that they pulled it back and then it was some like, and then it was something else. But at the same time, no. Yeah, that's another thing that I saw coming. So the whole time when she was like, Mr. Wayne's going to save us, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, oh, don't tell me she had sex with him and he and Joker's his son. And I'm like, no, no. Immediately, I was like, nope, don't do that. And then they did that. And I was like, god damn you, movie. Yeah, it's and the then, but then they told it, And they were like, no, she's crazy. And I'm like, okay, that I feel better about it. But I'm, still, I'm, I'm kind of there. <laughs> but I don't yeah. like it either way. Because... <clears throat> Why would he still, why wouldn't he have been taken away from her since they found him tied to a fucking radiator? It's Gotham really that shitty that they have no child care service. No, they did, but they ended up giving him back to her later. Because mm. her boyfriend, but then, okay, so then here's the next thing. So again, he's an unreliable narrator because he's reading. So the other guy read to him what happened. Then after that, so we can take that as fact, what that guy said, right? After that, when he steals the file and he ends up imagining what was happening while he's standing there, that obviously didn't happen. But the question is, what of that information is accurate? Because we're assuming that he's reading it and then like 
forming, you know, through his imagination, seeing what happened. So all we do know is his mother was in a relationship with someone who was abusive and who abused him as a boy. Or he was I I don't he like was that plot point at all. And I, I wish that exactly. I wish that, that wasn't in here. I wish that they did anything else. With the origin story thing, the best origin story was the Dark Knight because he had three. And he's just, oh, you're just making it up. When he says, you want to know how I've got these scars? And we're like, no. And he's like, all right, let me tell you four stories then. Doesn't matter. <laughs> but see, and that's the thing. Like with the Joker in the comics, there's even, and everybody who's talked about this movie has even mentioned this quote. There's a quote in the comics from the Joker who said, if I have to have an origin story, I prefer it be multiple choice. Is which is from the TV show as well. Because I'm 100% sure I heard that in the, the TV, TV show. show. But it's originally from the comics. Okay. Um, and... That's why in The Dark Knight, he has multiple mm. stories. He wants it to be, he prefers it to be multiple choice. And that's why when at the end, I was like, I don't like this because I like for I like that. I like the multiple choiceness of it. But then when other people are like, yeah, but you realize that like the woman in the end mirrors the beginning. And I'm like, yeah, and then he killed her. Well, what if she wasn't a mirror of the beginning? What if the beginning was like, what if this whole thing <clears throat> was in his head? Yeah. The whole thing was just him reimagining it or imagining it, which means his origin story is still multiple choice. It could have been any of these elements happening, or it could have been none of them, or it could have been some of them. And, and again, with the, your favorite trope, the unreliable narrator, we have no idea. So he oh, does no, still I hate that trope, because just tell me what's going on. <laughs> yeah. But I, I actually like it in this case because I thought they had nailed down a Joker origin and they were like, no, 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 because look who's telling the story. Well, there's so his Joker origins. And I like the fact that this is like basically an Elseworlds story. Even if they don't say it is, they're like, we're not going to ever tie this into the DCEU. I mean, look at that thing. It's a garbage fire and this is R-rated and sad and, not, and people aren't going to like this, or they are. But the thing that makes this very different for me is that the Joker is sad and he's kind of pathetic, which like works for this movie, but doesn't work if you want it to be like the Joker. Well, but it does though, because if you've ever watched the cartoons or read the, the comics, he's so out of, he's so insane and laughing at everything because he's actually very sad. Yeah. I, so it is. It, I like it is perfectly in line with him. Well, with most of them. Um, okay, so what... I got something else that I want to do. Um, I told you to come up with a Joker ranking. Have you done that? No. No? Um, well, I did. So You can judge my... With this movie, I don't... I don't know where to put this one. Me neither. Because, because it's like... Ooh. To me, number one is still Heath Ledger. You can't... That, it just is. He's the Joker. When I see... The Dark Knight, he's the best representation of comic book Joker to me. Um, aside from that, I like the animated one with you know voiced by Mark Hamill. I love the fact that Mark Hamill is the Joker. I also like the fact that I knew him as the Joker before I saw Star Wars. So, and right. um, every time he's on Star Wars Celebration, every time he's at Star Wars Celebration, he always reads something as the Joker, but reads it like Luke Skywalker line. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. And you just explained why you have homework because you somehow knew that Mark Hamill was the Joker before you saw Star Wars. To be fair, I saw Star Wars. Eventually. We all see things eventually. Anyway, 
uh, I have a ranking. Uh, I, I wonder if you like it. You probably won't. Okay. Okay, so first of all, Suicide Squad, uh, Jared Leto. Uh, he, I'm sorry. This is from worst to best. Okay. Okay, I worst was about to, to say. No, I was like, up. how the hell? All right, you, you should clarify. Okay. All right, go ahead. Okay, worst to best. So um, first of all, I'm going to throw an honorable mention to Batman Beyond Return of the Joker, right? Which has two Jokers in that, sort of. He has there's Mark Hamill's Joker, but there's also uh, Joker Jr., which is when in this kids movie, a the Joker tortures Robin and turns him into like a miniature version of the Joker in the full getup and everything, and it's fucked. That was Tim Blake, wasn't it? I think it was Tim Drake. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So he's an honorable mention. I don't know where I'd put him because he was only in there for like a scene. Okay. So. Okay. All right, go ahead. But if you're going to do that, then I'm going to throw in something else. But go ahead. Yeah, you can. Go nuts. So um, let's start with, uh, with Suicide Squad, worst version of the Joker, because he didn't have much to do, and also the tattoos were stupid. The, the Joker isn't going to sit down as you tattoo a fucking damage to his forehead. It's, it's too on the nose. It's dumb. Those tattoos really, really suck. Mm-hmm. Uh, then there's the Dark Knight Returns. I don't get him. The Dark Knight Returns? Are you talking about the, the yeah, graphic novel? The, the animated movie version. Animated, okay. Uh, that entire second half of the, of the animated movie really is a step back from the first half because the first half is great. It's probably one of my favorite comic book movies of all time, The Dark Knight Returns Part 1, because you have Batman who's old and uh, has retired, has to take back his city because... Batman is a symbol. And then you have mm-hmm. the Joker coming back and he has to fight Superman. It feels like fan service. And all that stuff works in isolation, I guess. But I, I still don't like the Joker uh, in that. He, his makeup... Well, he's it's the acid thing where he's still got that... Uh, he's lost all the colour. This is when he, um, when he kills uh, Letterman on TV. Is it a parallel of Letterman or is it someone else? I don't know. I haven't seen this one. I don't know. I don't know either. Anyway, uh, next is The Dark Knight. Um, I really I'm like sorry. Him. I really like his Ledger, you... but he's too realistic. I prefer the comic book version of him. Um, and and also, he monologues a lot. He's like, you want to know how I got these scars? No, just kill him with Joker gas. What are you doing? And he always says, like, we're parallel. <laughs> It's Scarecrow that has the gas. The Joker has acid through his uh, well, he has, his he has, he has jokey gas, which makes people laugh and then die horribly smiling, which is fucked. And the anime series invented that, I think. And then, like, they weren't allowed to kill people, so they invented the jokey gas. And they said, like, we can cure them later, without telling anyone. It's like, no, you can't. So, like, he was too realistic. Um, and then there's uh, 1989... Joker. Oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> the 1989 Joker, I like because he's basically a live-action car- uh, The He's basically the dark version of the 1990s version of the Joker. This list um, is so fucked. <laughs> <laughs> well, you didn't come Keep up. Keep going. Oh, you're going to love this. Then there's the Lego, yeah. uh, the Lego Joker. Okay. I, I like him a lot. He's very funny. Um, and he definitely, definitely is in love with Batman, which is hilarious. And the whole thing is like, I thought I was your worst enemy. We have we have a thing. 
And then he's like, well, like, I am, I don't have just one worst enemy. I have many worst enemies. So it's very, like, relationship heavy. It's very funny. Then, uh, and then Joaquin Phoenix is number three. He's so different from every version of the Joker, but he puts in such a great performance as him. So I'm like, I'm going to put you there for now, I guess. Uh, and I, I really like it a lot. Okay, continue so that I can destroy this list when you're done. Sure. Uh, then we got uh, <laughs> the 1960s version of Joker, who's so <laughs> insane that he doesn't bother shaving his mustache. Uh, Cesar Romero. Uh-huh, yeah. Cesar Romero. And he, um, he also just is a goofball, and this matches like the tone that they were going for. Because in the 1960s, the Joker wasn't the uh, Batman's arch enemy. He was some goofball. And finally, number one, Mark Hamill, animated series and the Arkham Games Joker. He's just the best one. Everyone else was either trying to copy him or trying to make it all realistic and gritty. Okay. So I can't fault you your number one because I do like Mark Hamill as the Joker, though he's not live action. Because I would not have done, like I wouldn't have gone with Lego Movie or Cartoon or any of that. I would have just gone live action. Yeah, most and to me, it exclusively film. I would, wouldn't have even brought in Cesar Romero, but he was such a, an, a lovable Joker. He's um, so great. He also was the first one to do the uh, clown mask over the makeup, which um, Heath Ledger and Joaquin Phoenix did. Indeed. Um, so I would say, okay, first of all, I, can't, I need to take down your list. Okay. okay, fair enough. So aside from the fact that you included like animated, which again, I wouldn't have, um, nor Lego movie. I did like Zach Galifianakis' version of Joker. It was cute. It was fun. But I would have gone like, film not animated um or like live action not animated but how in happy hell do you put jack napier over heath ledger's what the shit i don't like okay. heath ledger's joker i think he's massively he overrated and he spends all his time monologuing yes do you read a comic that's what he does i don't like it it didn't work usually the, the, the version the that works. number one he monologues all the time. You just find out that he's talking to a specific person. He always has an audience, but he's constantly monologuing, even at, with Mark Hamill's version of the Joker. I like there are scenes talking to the camera. The, the, uh, the, uh, the thing I'll give him is his actual plot. Whenever he shuts up. His what? At, you cut out. When, whenever he, he does his plot, the plot is uh, get paid, burn all the stuff, Realize that everything's chaos. I hate everyone. The world needs to burn and everyone's as crazy as I am. That's all great. And I like the ending where, where the criminal is like, uh, I'm going to do what you should have done ages ago and then just throws the remote out the window, which is fantastic. Uh, and I like the two boats thing. I like pretty much everything about the Dark Knight, but the Joker is fine. Which is the best part. Yeah, the Joker is the best part of the Dark Knight bite me okay so so how so here's where your argument falls apart you say he's too real and too gritty yet you put his version beneath this joker which is way too realistic and too gritty it, he is but he's so different like he's not trying to invoke the joker at all i'm willing to bet that they're just like we want to remake taxi driver but we can't sell it without comics 
it's 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 no. So here's why here's why that's not true because in the third act he actually becomes the Joker. Like to me, the moment when he becomes the actual like the titular Joker is it's not when he says, "Hey, can you introduce me as Joker?" It's when he's standing on the stage getting ready to go out and he's got this whole little dance prepared and everything. But then he hears when they're making fun of him right before he walks out. That's the moment that he becomes the Joker. Yeah. That's the moment he becomes comic book Joker. And to me, from then on, he is comic book Joker. From like literally from that moment till the credits roll, we're watching actual Joker. Before that, he was Arthur Fleck. Now Arthur Fleck is dead. He is the Joker. And so to me, this version of the Joker that he becomes, he could easily be like this could easily be not an anthology, but like a, a continuation. Dark Knight could easily have come after that. The only problem, well, no, not even the problem, because Dark Knight happened in like in like 2011, um, and the Joker could have been. The only difference is joke, like the age no, of the Joker no. in 1981. So the years wouldn't line up because obviously Heath Ledger was you know would be younger than Arthur Fleck was but aside from that like the climate that he came from that you could easily see this having been an origin story for that particular Joker because he ends the movie completely different than he begins it I guess I I don't I I just think that the Dark Knight is overrated unlike the other ones better but aside from the last two I like I like all of the Jokers Mark Hamill, I think, is my favorite because he had he, he did the goofy Joker stuff and then did the um, the dark I'm gonna actually murder you stuff. And but see that's the thing, and that's why that's why to me those are the three best versions of the Joker because that is the Joker. He's yeah. very much like um, he's very much like I'm gonna kill you and laugh about it, and I think it's funny. And it's okay because I have mental issues, but nobody cares. And I'm still going to laugh because it's funny. Mm-hmm. And he's a very dangerous man, but you kind of, you can, you can forget that a lot. And I think Cesar Romero's Joker is how we forget that because he kills people and he tries to destroy entire sections of Gotham, but it's okay because he's funny. Yeah, it's, and so it's very goofy. And the way, that, yeah. the way that the 60s version tries to kill people is with like giant egg timers or whatever like we can't take him too seriously when one of his uh gimmicks is a giant mouse trap i mean you can't take anything too seriously when letters come on the screen that say pow and zap and boom yeah. whenever it happens exactly. so it wasn't it was supposed to be tongue-in-cheek so, but so because- for, for me those two the mark hamill and uh cesar romero are like the two best jokers from like parallel things but the parallel versions of the joker are mark hamill who's like um dark but funny and cesar romero cesar romero who's just funny um and then the, the, so those two are set but like i'm willing to swap heath ledger and joaquin phoenix around because i saw king comedy and they basically stole his bit so know. okay i would say the opposite of your initial assessment that the 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 Cesar Romero Joker and the um, Mark Hamill Joker are the same. They're not. They're not. They're not. They're, they're completely they're different. One of them's dark exactly. and funny, and the other one's just goofy. Like exactly in, in the sixties version, like in in every other version of Batman, Joker is Batman's arch enemy, 
And in the 60s show, it was Penguin, which makes more sense, I guess. Um, I guess uh, where we're coming from with Penguin because he's basically the opposite of Bruce Wayne instead mm-hmm. of being the opposite of Batman. So he's Bruce Wayne's arch enemy instead of Batman's arch enemy. So I get why they lean on that. Um, for me, though, the I liked the... Um, so I, I, I grew up watching the one in the 60s, you know, with Cesar Romero. And so it was I. cool for what I was a little kid. So you don't, you don't want him to be too gritty and too real. And you don't want to think of him as being too dangerous. But then when you get a little bit older, you're like, oh, no, he's an abusive asshole. And he literally kills people. And he is a psychotic murderer. Yeah, he's still a villain. Yeah, he's very much so. And he's probably one of the worst villains. Because like in um, Justice League Unlimited, he's only in it for like one or two episodes. But the, what he does in those, ep- I know he's, he's in it for one or two episodes in one season. Um, and in that particular series, what he does is uh, Lex Luthor has like decided to take over and he's kidnapped Batman. And it's to the point where like you think everything's it's over because like the only person who could get out of it would be Batman and Batman's like in stasis. He can't, you know, he's not in stasis, but like he can't, he's been immobilized. And then the Joker shows up. And the Joker is like, and of course Lex Luthor is like, oh, for fuck's sake. Like, I don't need you. Get out. And Joker's like, nah, buddy, you can't have Batman and not have me show up. God, I love <laughs> Joker. The Joker is my favorite comic book character. Like, He's no everybody's favorite even, villain. Even fucking Suicide Squad, I'm like, oh, that, that's great imagery. I wish that this was edit, wasn't edited to fucking pieces and I could see the fucking thing. But whenever He's Joker's on screen, Suicide I'm like, it's pretty cool. I could not stand the version of Joker in Suicide Squad, but that had nothing to do with Jared Leto. I think every that, single actor is taking up. I, I huh? think that's the main takeaway. These are mainly a judgment on like the shows and movies as a whole, um, they, rather they, than they, the characters. On the writers and the writers and directors. Yeah, um, so, and it's not necessarily a take on the actors because I think every single actor that has undertaken the role of Joker has given a stellar performance. Yeah, I even um, say that about Leto because he was the character that he was, but the character that he was portraying is not the Joker from the comics. Yeah. Um. So I don't know. I don't know about this list. You're right. I I think that I was judging it more on the thing. And besides, uh, Lucky Phoenix borrowed a lot from the King of Comedy for his acting. So I don't know. I would put so keep taking all of the animated. The, anything that's not live action aside, sure. I would put Leto's at the end. Again, not because of his acting, but because that's not the Joker. The Joker's not some street level thug gangster. I think like what, if, I think what this this movie proves I think what um what? I think what Joker proves is that the Joker can pretty much be anyone. You can slot him into a lot of things. Because if no one's the Joker, it's Joaquin Phoenix. It's well, I think the reason why well, so many people didn't like the Joker in Suicide Squad is because, if anything, his character would have lined up better with being Penguin. True. Because Penguin is a gangster like that. He's like a street-level oh gangster. You're fucking right. He's basically doing the Penguin shtick. Yeah, he's a but gangster. to think... Is, he's trying to yeah. run a mob. He's not very funny. Exactly. That's, they only had him as the villain because Harley Quinn was in it. Right, but I don't think. But again, I it's not it's not Jared Leto's performance. It was the writing and the directing. 
Yeah. They, he did what they told him to do, but what they told him to do was shit. You could have had anybody in that role and it was still going to suck because the way they wrote it was terrible. They didn't write the Joker. They wrote the Penguin, but changed the, the costume. And that's why it didn't work. You're right. Damn it. So, but I, I still think Leto is good in the movie. He plays the role well. You believe that he is that character, but they it's wrote It's really a shit. judgment on, on the movie as a whole. Exactly. It's not a judgment on Leto. It's just like with, um, with the prequels. Everybody was hating on Hayden Christensen and Jake Lloyd. Look, it's not their performance. They did what they were supposed to do. It's the way they were directed and the words they were given to say. It's not how they delivered the lines. It's how they were instructed to deliver the lines. Okay. Because um, when you watch movies, it's not with all of these movies. It's, it's how they were giving the performance that you can tell they were told to give based on the performance of the other actors in those scenes. They weren't doing anything outside of the norm for their for their particular performances. They were, in fact, I think Hayden Christensen nailed it as far as being um, Anakin Skywalker. And I think Jared Leto nailed it. I just think the writing and directing was so bad within these particular instances that it made that, that actor stand out. Everybody wants to blame what we see. We see the actor, so it's got to be their fault. I can't believe that you want me to watch the prequel because you, you hate them hey, so much. I, here's the thing. I do have to say this. This is what Lucasfilm, Disney Lucasfilm has done. It has made me not hate the prequels. I don't necessarily like them now, but like, I'm not, I haven't gone 180. You know, I haven't gone like, oh, they're awesome now. Like, no, it's not that kind of party, (laughs) but I don't hate them anymore. All right. Like I used to actively hate them and be like, they suck. They're terrible. I'm never going to buy them. I actually own them now because it just, with the whole like Star Wars marathons, you have to watch all of them. I'm going to wait like, for Disney Plus. I think narrative. Okay, so so with yeah, um Disney Plus. Yeah, so with the Joker, um, the main two that I care about the most is Mark Hamill and Cesar Romero. The rest, I don't know. I, I just saw King Comedy, so I might put um Walking Phoenix lower, I guess, or I might keep him there because he is doing a great performance. And the, and you're right. Um, Heath Ledger's performance is great. He's just it's just the movie that's being overhyped. But his performance is is great in it. And the rest I'll stick yeah. to. Okay. So after the discussion, I've got Mark Hamill as number one, Cesar Romero, Joaquin Phoenix, Heath Ledger, uh, Lego, uh, then eighty nine. Dark Knight Returns, then Suicide Squad, and throw in Joker Jr. from Batman Beyond in there just for kicks. <laughs> he was never actually the Joker, though. I know. That's why I didn't put him on the list. Okay, so if you're going to put him on the list and you're going animated, I'm, I'm, I'm going to okay, It wasn't animated. Tech, I guess I can't, I can't really do it because it's not animated. It's the actual comic. But my favorite is the Batman Who Laughs. Ooh, that sounds like a good title. It's a, it's a comic, right? Because no, he's a character in a comic. Um, oh. He's so um, the the actual comic is called um, Dark Knight's Metal, and <laughs> there's there's this whole thing. Um, actually, if you go on Comic Storian, um, he does he like basically plays it out for you. Um, he's really good with the voices and. Um, it's a whole weird thing where like 
there are all these universes like there's so you know in in um in comics there's always like an alternate universe right and then like dc the new 52 they had like 52 different universes well after all of that was finished it turns out that there is a dark universe or several dark universes i should say so like the, uh, the new 52 was like it's just like the the regular universe and like all of the universes that are like that align with how things are here but then there's a dark situation that has all of the universes their parallels but when one thing goes wrong very much like the killing joke one thing changes and then you get a dark batman okay so there's a dark batman with everybody there's a version with everybody's skills so there's a, bat, a dark batman who killed superman there's a dark batman who is basically like the flash because he steals the speed force from his flash That's and gets funny. it he he traps his his um his flash is trapped in the speed, fo- speed Wait a force is everyone batman yeah, well, that, it's a in, in each universe, the Batman goes dark, and in one of them, he takes some from something. So the flat, so he's his own universe as Batman, but what he does is steals the Speed Force from the Flash, and now he's as fast as the Flash, but he's Batman. At what he's point? At what point do P- uh, comic book writers just writing fan fiction? Oh, at every point. Yeah, and it's awesome. My favorite so, version of um, Batman is Speeding Bullets, which is um, Clark Kent is, uh, they don't, the Waynes don't have a son called Bruce, but they find um, the, uh, the ship that Clark Kent lands in and they adopt him uh, and he becomes Batman as an angsty teen phase, which is hilarious. And, and I love it because in Speeding Bullets, he becomes Batman and he murders people. And then Lois Lane is like, maybe you should be a symbol instead of um, doing fear. Maybe you should do hope. And he becomes Superman at the end, which is hilarious because in that comic, he starts off twisted Batman and becomes Superman. Yeah, which is hilarious because in that comic, it's like um, Superman is so great that Batman is just his angsty teen phase. <laughs> That's kind of funny. I want to track that comic down. That's hilarious. Yeah, I haven't heard of that one. Yeah, it's. Well, it's I- um, what I am glad about. And, oh, yeah? go ahead. Okay, what I'm glad about. Say, you do it. You want what me? You want me to explain yeah. the Batman? Yeah. What, oh. what did you say? The, I was going to explain the Batman who laughs, like how he became that way. Okay. He is a combination of Batman and the Joker. Oh, well, that's fair so enough. If you think all of the intelligence, and you know how Batman is like, how people are always like, with prep time, Batman can beat anybody. So okay, you take that genius. <laughs> Detective Batman, who with prep time could beat anybody, and you add the insanity of the Joker. Is he wearing the, and, the bat mask over his clown makeup so they know exactly who it is? No, but you know what he does? He wears, instead of showing his eyes, mm-hmm. he has spikes over his eyes. <laughs> and all you really metal like, 90s. It feels like this came out in the 90s. And it's like, yeah, we're like ep- epic and shit. Yeah, I mean the series is called Dark Knight's Metal. <laughs> so, um, so he he wears this thing over his eyes. He's like spikes, and all you really see besides the spikes is his mouth, very much like the Joker. You know, like you mainly see his mouth, right? And he's got the white mask, you know, or the white makeup on, and he laughs all the time. And it's such, such a contrast because you know normally Bruce Wayne seldom laughs. He's a very serious person, and it's Which is something. The funniest parts of um, 
Batman the Animated Series and Justice League the Animated Series was when everyone else is making jokes and Batman's like, I hate all. Yeah. <laughs> Why am I here? I'm meant to be the Dark Knight alone. Yeah. And, and my favorite and then, joke is in the Lego Batman movie where he's like, I work alone. And then you have all the Robins and all the Batgirls and everyone. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, God, yeah. that's great. Um, so he, um, my, my favorite part of, my favorite joke or part where Batman laughs is at the end of Killing Joke when it's like he just laughs, like a full hearty laugh. Oh. And you're like, well, that was weird. So notice the <laughs> Joker probably? No, oh, dude, as far as Joker murders, my favorite of that is Injustice. When Superman straight puts his hand through the Joker's chest. The best part about that is in the comic that that video game, the video game is happened first, I guess. And then they made a comic based yeah. on it. And the look on Batman's face is a real what the I, fuck face. That his, that, cause you would think that that's like a parody. When I first saw that I hadn't read the comic and I was like, oh, that's gotta be like somebody photoshopping it. No, no, that's from the comic. That's his look. When Clark <laughs> Superman sticks his arm straight through the Joker's chest. Like, I'm it's done a with real it. good what the fuck face. Right. <laughs> and um, what I like about, okay, final thing, because we've got to go. But what I like okay. about, the, um, about the DC, DC Now is that like, they basically spent a lot of years saying, we are not the 60s show. Look how gritty and stupid we are. We make, we made Batman Begins, Dark Knight, and Dark Knight Rise. Those were great. And I'm like, yes, they were. Good. Make comic book movies. And then like, no, Man of Steel. Because you know what's better than Batman? Superman, but he's Batman and kills people because he's new metal. Superman, but he's Batman. Yeah. <laughs> God, I hate Man of Steel. And then, and then uh, the one that ruined darkness forever is Batman vs. Superman. Because it's just like, no, double down. Everyone hates everyone. It's all dark. It's all gritty. Yeah. Why don't you like it? Where's everyone going? Come back. Fuck. Yeah. See, yet again, we disagree because I actually liked Man of Steel. Well, yeah, it's fine. But they were definitely trying to make it dark because they did the Dark Knight and they wanted to make the Dark Knight, but it's Superman. And I didn't like it. But like Batman vs. Superman was just the worst thing that it's in. It's just so bad. It's like Batman and Robin, but they try and make it dark. It's like the dark version of Batman and Robin, where it's like Batman and Robin was too light and too stupid. Uh, the dark. It, the problem with Batman and Robin, or not Batman and Robin, Batman v Superman, is that they rushed it. You can't. You got to do Marvel's formula, where here's a character, here's a, another look at the character, here's a, another character, and then like six movies later, they meet. Yeah, but they did Guardians of the Galaxy, so also a good script would help. That's true, but Guardians of the Galaxy is not the same. Guardians of the Galaxy was always a team, whereas you have your most, your two most iconic characters who in all media are always best friends except for one time. And, and that one time does happen a lot. <laughs> that, well, that one time is told a lot, but here's the thing. They don't do that right off the bat. You had like 30 years of Batman before he ever fought Superman. Yeah, I just, I just, I hate that movie. To me, that was the whole problem. They rushed it. They and did they rush should... it and they didn't write it well and it was terrible and I'm glad that it's dead. And I'm glad that they're they like... Gave us, they gave us the Bruce, the, the Waynes dying again, which even the Joker did. And I'm like, if I never see the Waynes die again, 
it'll be too soon. I hate that. I hate the fact that they did. I knew they would. I knew it. Yeah. The moment he was on screen, I'm like, you're definitely going to die by the end. Fuck you. <laughs> um, I think what should have happened, what would have made Batman v Superman so much better is even though they did rush it, the movie itself would have benefited from take out the entire backstory of Bruce Wayne because we all know it. Instead, give no, us... No, 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 no. We have to have that story because his mother's name is Martha. <laughs> yeah, again, that w- that didn't need to be in there. But um, take out the whole... All the time that was spent on Bruce's backstory and having us rewatch the Waynes die, replace that with the story of Bruce working with Robin, getting to know Robin, and then the Joker killing Robin. And now you have a reason why Batman is branding people. I, I, and now you don't have people getting pissed off that Batman's killing people because you, have, you see the de-evolution of his character. You see him devolving the into... The thing is, for the de-evolution the of his character, is that this is the first Batman movie in what was meant to be a connected universe. So you have to That's build him up. In the first, you can't have him descend into madness in the first movie. You have to have a Batman movie first. That's my point. That, like I said, it was horribly rushed. But even within this movie, had you taken out the Batman backstory, we don't need Bruce Wayne's backstory. We've seen it a million times. What we need is the backstory of the Joker killing Robin. We need to see Bruce, and also they could have continued this from the Dark Knight because the timelines still line up. You could I have had thought the, that that's what they were going to do. I thought that they that's did exactly what Man I thought until you show up and, oh, because at the end of Dark Knight Rises, Bruce has moved on. He's no longer Batman. We know that's not going to work, but they actually went through the trouble of killing off both Bruce Wayne and Batman. They killed off, and this really pissed me off. Without any, it, it, They just killed off that stupid photographer that follows Lois Lane around. And I'm like, why kill him off? What's the point? I forget his name, but he's probably important. <laughs> he was uh, Jimmy, what's yeah. his name? Jimmy Olsen. Yeah, Jimmy Olsen. Guy who's been in everything forever, and you kill him off because you hate fun. <laughs> well, the funny thing is, he's supposed to be Superman's, like, best friend. Yeah, he's and he never psychic with his dumb watch. It's great. He's his Robin. But unlike... Batman's Robin, Superman's way more powerful than him. So he just says like, hey, here's where trouble is. All right, I'm going to hide over here behind bins. <laughs> yeah, and so to me, it's weird that they even included Jimmy Olsen because it's like you, they literally just showed him and killed him off. Like, I, why? I really hate that. I'm really glad it's dead. I'm glad that the entire thing is dead. And then they're like, wait a minute. People like Wonder Woman. Okay, we'll do Wonder Woman. Did people like Aquaman? I forget. Let's do another Aquaman. Yes. And people liked Harley Quinn. Let's do Harley Quinn. All right, cool. We'll do that. Rest of you in the bin. Speaking of, the Birds of Prey trailer, have you seen it? It looks really goofy. Um, it's Here's the thing. I've seen that trailer twice. I cannot tell you what that movie is about. That's a bad trailer, then. <laughs> it really is. Because I'm like, uh, something, something, Ewan McGregor. Margot Robbie is trying really hard to convince us that she's Harley Quinn right now for some reason. And well, it's because weird. Because that's the character. Well, yeah, but here's the thing. Suicide Squad was not a good movie, but she was good. And, like, the You're acting right. in the movie. People already like her, which is why they're probably using her in, as Harley Quinn. I like the thing with the dynamite. The thing with dynamite was fun. Right, but, well, yeah, in, in the with the car. Yeah. That was the most Harley Quinn she seemed. The rest of the trailer, it seemed like she was trying really hard to be Harley, to, to prove to us that she's Harley Quinn, which is weird 
Because in Suicide Squad, I thought she easily nailed it. Yeah. But now it feels almost like the reverse. Like it's, I don't know, I feel like it's trying to be like a Deadpool cash grab. Like, oh, Harley Quinn will be our female ver- DC version of Deadpool. And I'm like, yeah, but it doesn't look like it's going to work. The, uh, we'll, we'll talk about it this off pod. We're going on, on some attention. Um, <laughs> I, I really liked, uh, I didn't. I thought the joke was okay. I liked the three moves that you gave me. Uh, this, I didn't really like though. I didn't. <laughs> I didn't. I thought it was fine. Joke was fine. Um, what I want, what I want, what I want to happen is for people to see the Joker and think that was great. I loved that. I wonder what is like that, and then they go and seek out other movies that aren't comic book movies. Okay. So that's what I hope. Fair comedy. If you have, if you've seen Joker already, which you probably have, everyone has. Uh, see King of Comedy, uh, Taxi Driver. You were never really here. Um, see those three. And read Killing Joke, because why not? Okay, here's the thing. Don't watch the animated Killing Joke, because it just, it, the first, like, half hour had nothing to do with the story, and there's a weird Barbara Gordon and Bruce Wayne, and I'm like, isn't he old enough to be her dad? Like, that no, not was just Killing creepy. Joke. What was, what was one I was thinking of? You just yeah, said Killing read, Joke. Oh, sorry. Read Dark Knight Returns. I hate Killing Joke. I hate the comic, and I hate the animated series, uh, the animated movie. Fuck both of them. We'll yeah, I was gonna say, like, not. Killing Joke was not great. It was. Yeah. Um, watch the Dark Knight Returns, though. Um, the whole thing with the with him going on TV, that's all from um, The Dark Knight Returns. Watch that. Don't watch Killing Joke. Don't even read it. Fuck that comic. <laughs> You're a big Alan Moore fan, I can tell. Um, <sighs> all right, so next week we are doing a commentary on Rocky Horror Picture Show. You said that you didn't like musicals, but what I think you meant was I didn't like all musicals, I guess. You have convinced yourself that I like musicals because I didn't hate one that you mentioned. True. That's exactly what happened. You were like, do you like musicals? And I was like, no. And then you were like, you hit me with a bum- like a barrage of titles. And you were like, what about this one? What about this one? What about this one? And one of them, I was like, that's okay. And you were like, see, I knew you liked musicals. <laughs> uh, I hope you like Rocky Horror Picture Show. I've seen it. You, did you it, like it? To quote you, it's fine. <laughs> fine. Uh, we'll get into it because I agree with you with the last 40 minutes. It's fine. We're going to go off so many tangents. Okay, so uh, you can follow us on Twitter. We're at um, Sin Adventures Pod, which I, I wish I could call it Sin Adventures. It's, you you kind of want to spell that out. Okay, it's, uh, it links are in the description. Follow the links. We got Twitter, uh, Facebook. Uh, we, we got a Facebook page and a Facebook group. Join the group, discuss movies, and give us and if you give us ideas and we use them, then we'll shout you out. Promise. Indeed. Um, I like doing homework and then also doing a movie. So we might do that, or we might just cover homework. It depends. Uh, what's my homework for next month? You will find that out later. As they used to say, find so, it out later. And join us next week, same bat time, same bat channel. I actually got to use that, like, officially this time. I've said that so many times, and there's no bat involved. (laughs) Either way, goodbye. (laughs) Bye.